Welcome to an emergency joint low post hoop collective podcast where I think I just blacked out for three hours and um, I'm not even sure what happened, but Kevin Durant played one of the greatest games a human being has ever played in any individual sport ever. And with James Harden not moving and Kyrie Irving not available and the Bucks ahead by 16 points or something like that, the Nets found a way to win. And I just, we just had to do a podcast about it because the game was that crazy and that good. Um, Wendy, are, are you coming down from an adrenaline high? How are you doing? You would just, you just, you had to do this. And, um, you know, we, we didn't get to, sometimes we're at games together like this and we can, um, uh, in, you know, sort of feel it together. That isn't the case, but obviously we're going to do it like this. So let me ask you this. You have a thing where you watch games on your computer on a delay. Did you stick with your delay or did you, did you rush forward because you wanted to see how this, how this was turning out? The handy thing about, about that, about close games is that it's easy to catch up at the end because there are so many stoppages and timeouts. So by the last five minutes of the game, I was caught up and I just, I mean, we can read the stat line, 49 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists, three steals, two blocks, 16 of 23 from the field, 13 of 16 from the line. Like that's not even real. And Wendy, I didn't even know that it was like allowed to play the entirety of an NBA game anymore. I couldn't believe that he never came out of the game. I kept waiting. You usually get the take him out with 45 seconds left in the second quarter, yeah. steal him a minute of rest. But he, Kevin Durant played the entire game and it was just, it was just magical. And I, I want to start there before we get into what a, just a catastrophe this is for the Bucks and for Mike Budenholzer and what just how unwatchable they were on offense late in the game and all the dumb things they did on both ends of the floor. I just think we need to sit and, and soak in and sit in that game because two years ago we did an emergency podcast, a post-game finals podcast in Toronto where shell-shocked, you told me we should probably talk about Kevin Durant getting injured. And as we were doing that podcast, Bob Myers was crying at a press conference mm. and you just didn't know what was going to happen with Kevin Durant. And for him to do this with James Harden, James Harden was 2011 Jason Kidd. He was playing quarterback from half court. That's all he could do. He could not move on defense at all, which made it more unconscionable that the Bucs did not attack him all the time. And oh. when they did, they settled for fadeaway jumpers. I guess we'll get but to what, that. But, but we, we need to just soak in. I don't want to compare it to other games, really. I don't want to sit here and do the basketball reference search. How many people have had 45, blah, blah, blah. It was just that stretch – I don't even know what it was. I blacked, like I said, I blacked out. It was either the third quarter or the fourth quarter where he just ran pick and roll at Brooke Lopez over and over again. And then Pat Connaughton over and over again and hit jumper after jumper after jumper. At one point in my notes, I just wrote, oh my God, Kevin Durant. Okay. So two iconic moments in this game. One Durant after hitting that crazy off balance three, when they had that horrible possession where Harden like <laughs> was meandering like 35 feet from the basket and he just bailed him out and he, looks up in the sky and just says, you know, he, he just, he's totally bathing in the moment. That is an iconic moment for Kevin Durant. I know that again, it, I don't want to compare it. I don't want to compare it to his three hitting the finals over LeBron or whatever. That was an iconic Kevin Durant moment. We will see that moment of him looking up into the ceiling 
for a long time. And then immediately after the game, Steve Nash hugging him, you know, you know, just hugging him with that look on his face, like, my God, you bailed us out. Um, those are iconic images. You're coming from this iconic game. And I just want to say that Kevin Durant doesn't, and I'm not even going down this, this path, but Kevin Durant doesn't need this game to cement his career. He is a champion and a two-time finals MVP, regular season MVPs. He's an, he's, he's an untouchable player, but this game is right there at the top. And I want to read some things about it just to put it in some perspective. So he scored 31 points in the second half. Uh, second most of his postseason in a, in a postseason half of his career. I don't know when the he scored more, but it wasn't this valuable. I can tell you that um, he scored or assisted on 49 of the Nets points in the second half. I mean, let's also not forget that, as you mentioned, his 17 rebounds, he was eight of 11 on contested shot attempts in the second, in the second half. So like, I know that the bucks weren't playing perfect and you can argue about double teaming him and using Middleton on him instead of Giannis um, when uh, PJ Tucker got in the foul trouble and you know, all kinds of scheme things, they were contesting him and his shot is indefensible. So it's not a surprise, but still eight of 11 under that kind of pressure. And then this, his teammates were seven of eight off his assist attempts in the second half. So not only, I mean, part of it was Jeff Green was unconscious in this game, but not only was he scoring, like he threw, he set up eight guys for assists and seven of them were hit. The 49 points uh, are the most in postseason history by a player who's over, whose team overcame a 15 point halftime deficit to win. That's a long way of saying it's one of the greatest comeback performances ever. Um, in the fourth quarter, I mentioned the second half. In the fourth quarter, he scored or assisted on 24 of the Nets' 33 points. He, the Nets had 21 possessions. Durant had a touch on 18 of them. The Nets went over one with a turnover and two free throws on the, on the three plays that Durant didn't have a touch in the quarter. Um, and in the fourth quarter, all nine of his shots were contested. Um, I mean, I honestly could go on. But I think you get the point is that not only was this a spectacular performance, but it was a performance under extraordinary duress. Obviously, he's playing for the season and everything like that. And so when you see a game like this in the postseason with your team's game on the line, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that megastars and superstars are made of. And this is why teams tank. This is why teams scheme for years to get players like this. We, we saw this with Kawhi to a certain extent uh, in, in game six uh, in the last round against Dallas, but this was even better than that um, because of the, the difficulty and of the situation that they were facing with all the injuries and whatnot. So um, this is why these players are so valuable. This is why teams bend over backwards and crawl over glass and, and plot and scheme and beg and cheat and steal to get, these transcendent players. And this is why the Nets still have a chance to win the title this year. More than all of that, it, it was just magical to watch. I mean, it was magical. This is why you get into sports. You know, people sometimes laugh at people in the media for using cliches about, about whatever. That was a player who would not let his team lose. Like if if there was ever a time for the for breaking out a cliche like that, that was Kevin Durant saying, "I don't care what the circumstances are. 
I don't care. They're not guarding Bruce Brown. James can't move. Kyrie's gone. I don't care. We're not, we're not losing the game. And, and the, the jumpers, just the relentlessness of it over and over again on like seven, it felt like 20 consecutive possessions. It was probably six. And then Brooke Lopez comes up a little higher and K- and KD says, I'll go right by you and I'll draw fouls and I'll get to the rim and I'll cross you up and you have no answer. And look, Bud, Bud, Bud waited too long and, and pulled Brooke out of the game. So we, we just can't let Kevin Durant go at Brooke Lopez over and over and over again and put Connaughton in, in the game and went small. And Kevin Durant went at Connaughton over and over again. And Landry Shamma had a couple of driving. There was just no answer. You can, you can, you can nitpick the things they didn't try. They, I, I, you know, should they have doubled them? I mean, that's I, certainly at the time I'm writing in my notes. It's interesting. They're not doubling them. It's interesting. They're not trying this. It was just, a, it was just a magical, it was a magical performance. Like I, I had goosebumps watching it. There was just nothing they could do. And he would not let the Nets lose a game that really they should not have won. And now we don't know. That was not exactly an encouraging performance for James Harden in terms of like, what does it look like in game six? We don't know when Kyrie's going to go back. Maybe they lose the next two games. That shouldn't render this game any less significant. It should feel in history, no matter what happens from here on out, exactly as it feels right now, which is an all-time great game. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Yeah, and I... I... It's so tempting to put it in perspective, but I think you're right. I think the correct thing to do is to appreciate the experience that this was. Um, and I, and um, you know, I've had the opportunity to be at some games like this. I, I, I want to agree with you and not compare, but like LeBron scoring 29 of the 30 points in the double overtime game in Detroit, which by the way, compared to this performance from a shooting standpoint for Durant, it's kind of a different game. It was a different era in a different game. But, that was a freight you know, train game. That was just you, a freight train game. LeBron's 45 points in the elimination game in game six uh, in Boston. You know, um, that was the kind of feel that this was. And, um, uh, you know, Durant, Durant knew that he had to deliver. And that's almost what, what is um, – what is so remarkable about this is that he knew he needed to have this type of performance and he delivered it and he delivered it under duress. And, and, and so, sh- so many of those shots were so, I mean, that, that play that the Nets actually did a great job and Harden 
couldn't do it. And, and, you know, I got to say when he put that shot up and it's easy to say now, when he put that three up that essentially got them the separation that won him the game, when the ball was halfway there, I said, of course it's going in. Of course that shot's going in because that's what we were watching. And, um, man, uh, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about the bucks for a second. Um, I don't know how you recover from that. It will be the ultimate test of their team and their resolve and whether they have any faith in Mike Budenholzer in game six, because, and, and credit to the bucks, their defense has been a constant in this series, but their offense has been a disaster the entire way. They have not been able to score against Brooklyn, even in game four, where they evened up the series and looked competent. They had a bad offensive rating. It would have been like 28th or 27th in the league. And I just, some of this stuff is just, uh, people are going to laugh at the Giannis turnover. That's fine. He dropped the ball, just dropped it. Like, just Chris well, Milton did great. I, I, I mean, Chris Milton pro- probably has to take that shot, to be honest with you. Whatever it is, but like you have two possessions in the last four minutes where the Bucks do the Bucks decided one was Chris Middleton, I think, in the right baseline. This is all we just this happened. One was Drew Holiday on the left baseline. And they decided of all the options available to us, Kevin Durant is guarding us. Let's have everyone else get out of the way and go one on one against Kevin Durant and shoot 20 footers. One hit the side of the backboard. I think that was Holiday's. And one, I don't know what happened, but I know it didn't go in. You had so many possessions where they let James Harden off the hook. And I don't want to hear about, like, Giannis settles for that fadeaway, which with with whatever what what was left in crunch time, I don't remember. He settles for the turnaround fadeaway. Yeah, Harden's a good post defender. Whatever. He couldn't move. That's right. That's right. And he, like any, he wasn't even trying to move. He was just waving guys by and play. You have to take him out to the perimeter and beat him off the dribble. Drew Holiday had Harden on him with six and a half minutes left. Everyone stopped moving and Drew Holiday shot an air ball, an air ball. Brooke Lopez had guards on him over and over again. They didn't even look at him in, in favor of attacking, um, in favor of attacking Durant, the best defender on the floor. One on one, I just these possessions don't make sense. And yes, Giannis went what 14 of 22, I think, tonight. Um, yeah, 14 of 22, 34 and 12. He even went four of seven from the line, right? Taking 45 seconds every time to shoot it. That's a parade worthy performance from Giannis in the playoffs at the line. <laughs> it, it, it just and even his post ups on Jeff Green, they're all they were okay. They got points when he posted up on the left block out of time. He was, he was nine of nine in the paint. You just have to have better ideas than all this other stuff. And um, it's just, I don't know how you bounce back from that, but this, their offense has been a disaster the entire series. And I think it falls on the coach. It falls on Giannis sometimes, but it's, it's not going to end well for Mike Budenholzer if they lose this series. Okay. So I I can't imagine it. I can't imagine it would. As I'm watching this coming down the stretch, I'm thinking this is, I'm sure this is what Bucks fans are thinking. This is a nightmare scenario for them because the game had sped up in terms of scoring, even though it wasn't a high scoring game. And this series has not been the kind of series I thought it was going to be at all. Game one was close to it. I think it was 119, 107 or something like that. But I thought this was going to be, you know, a lot of 135, 129 games. And obviously there's been injuries. Um, 
But as this becomes a possession game, this is a nightmare for the Bucks, and and you can see it. You can see them tighten up. So, um, and I'm going to give you some more stats because I have them here. Uh, by the way, uh, Durant, the Bucks were two of eight shooting on Durant as a primary defender. Um, yes, yeah, stop doing it. Right. So I was just saying, like he defended tonight as well. But in the second half, um, the the Bucks were um, t- eleven of twenty nine with shots off the dribble. Which it was it was Middleton, by the way, that hit the side of the backboard, according to my notes, which are in caps lock and bold and literally says <laughs> KD uh, and it says KM miss ISO over KD exclamation point question mark exclamation mark, exclamation mark, question mark exclamation. what are you doing all in caps? Yeah, and two of six uh, off the dribble in crunch time. So last you know five minutes. Um, they just this is what they do. This is what they've been doing for three years. And look, I mean, we know Giannis's case as a MVP is not predicated on what he does in these games. His case as an MVP is predicated when the Bucks win by 12 points because he had 35 in 30 minutes and blocked four shots, had three steals, and was a beast offensively, and he's sitting on the bench. And there's literally been dozens of those games per year over the last three years. That is where he is the MVP. When we get down to these situations, the reality is he is is not who you necessarily want to have it. And this is not breaking news. The the Bucs have an entire package and an entire history of plays where they go to Chris Middleton because this is not who he is. So the... Arguably the most important thing that the Bucks, knowing this, knowing this, arguably the most important thing the Bucks could do as an organization. I mean, they prioritize defense, which has gotten them championships, but or not championships, but gotten them, you know, top seeds. Arguably the most important thing the Bucks could do as an organization is prepare for these moments. Because this is where you have to give you your player a hand in that situation. You have got to make the ground fertile for him to be successful. And Zach, they just haven't done it. And we could, you could probably analyze this until the dawn comes up. And there could be reasons where it's not his fault and this guy's fault or whatever. They just haven't done it. And you were watching it happen down the stretch. And that is their nightmare scenario. It's just their nightmare. I wrote a whole piece on their offense last week and what Giannis is and what he isn't and what kind of players he needs around them. Go read that if you're interested. I don't want to rehash that here. I I, I will say, like, it's it's not even complicated. Um, Just as a recent example, the Hawks knew Derrick Rose was wearing down in the first round of the playoffs. They knew he was playing more minutes than the Knicks ever envisioned. They knew that he was wearing down. And no matter where, who he guarded, they made a point of like, we're running his ass all over the floor. We're dragging him into every screening action. We're doing, whether it's Bogdanovich, Young, whoever you put him on, we're dragging your ass in. That's all you had to do with James Harden. He was willingly switching on to anyone you wanted him to switch to. Just attack him over and over again. You cannot let a player in that condition off the hook. You have to be a little bit mean. And another little mini thing. I don't know what the hell that lineup Bud played in the second quarter was with Elijah Bryan and all the, I don't know what the hell was going on there, but a little mini thing. I want, I almost want to screenshot my notes to prove it in the third quarter. 
the Nets start Jeff Green uh, for Bruce Brown. They're they're going offense, and the Bucks put uh, Brooke Lopez on Jeff Green and Giannis on Blake. I wrote in my notes in caps lock. I would put BL on Blake. I would put Brooke Lopez on Blake because I just that's an easier assignment. He's not as good of a shooter. He's not really that threatening off the dribble anymore. And Jeff Green killed them for three and a half minutes until they made that exact adjustment. And the Bucks, uh, the Nets made up like four or five points in that stress. It's not just the end. It's those little things where like that was not even that hard. If I, if a dope like me can see it, it's, it's not that hard. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Well, look, one of the things that I talked about leading into this game, I wrote about it after the game the other night. Um, certainly the Bucks were heavily favored in this game, even with Harden coming back. But when the Buck, when the Nets played without uh, Durant, without two of the three, Durant, Kyrie, and Harden this year, which actually happened 15 times. So not a not a huge sample size, but not a small sample size they actually still ranked as a top 10 offense. So while I'm not sitting here and saying that you could have foreseen Jeff Green being unconscious from three-point shooting, it wasn't unreasonable to believe that the Nets were going to be able to put up enough points to make a serious threat at this game. The question was, you know, whether or not that these guys could deliver under pressure. So obviously Durant is the guy who makes the difference. But um, but I will say this, um, with Harden playing 44 minutes on a hamstring that is likely – going to be <laughs> as tight as a guitar string uh, tomorrow. Um, and Dur- and in, I'm sorry, uh, Harden. And then Durant playing 48. What are they going to have Thursday night? Well, um, this is the thing. We should, end, we should end there. Like, this feels like death for Milwaukee. It feels like, it feels like death on a cosmic level for the Bucks franchise. Let's, let's just dial that back a little bit. Giannis is signed to a supermax. You're down three, two. You haven't lost at home in this series. Your defense goes with you wherever you go. The other side of the bracket is the Hawks who all due respect are playing great, but are ahead of schedule and a Philly team with Embiid dealing with a knee injury and Ben Simmons taking no shots in the fourth quarter and shooting free throws like way worse than Giannis. It's it. If you just get a game with the nets in this condition, as you just mentioned, just go home and get a game. You have it in you. Your defense is certainly going to be there. You've proven you have it in you. 
can they actually leave this game behind in Brooklyn? Or is this such a gut punch that it takes everything out of it? Because the roadmap is there in front of them to to get to the finals. It still is. No matter how disastrous this feels right now, it's still sitting there available to them. If if Harden is this, if that's all he is right now, it uh, God bless him for playing 46 minutes. I don't know how he did it. And Irving is out. There is a roadmap there. They just have to seize it. And I just don't know how how you recover from what happened. But it, it's going to be – I well, can't wait to see what they look I'll like tell in you game what, six. They can't play – a possession game at the end of the fourth quarter. They got to win the game in three and a half. And I'm going to say that it's a really hard pill to swallow for the Bucks not to have won one of these three games in Brooklyn because Harden missed two of them. And tonight was dragging his leg. And yes, Durant was amazing, but um, you know, to, 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 to not get game one and then to completely lay down in game two. Now the Nets played brilliantly that night, but to come in for that great opportunity and not even have give yourself a chance. This should, this should be about 15 different ways. This should be three, two Milwaukee going home. And when you look over at Philly, who is in trouble and Joel, I don't know where his knee is going to be. And now Danny green is out. Like the path for them is there. Like you look at the West, this is opening up like a flower for Chris Paul. Now, whether or not he'll step through or whether or not he'll stay healthy, I don't know, but the Phoenix suns, it is, it is right there for them, and they are driving through and driving right through it. It is opening up for the Bucs. This, is, this, is this could be the Bucks' time, and the fact that they have not been able to close one of these three games to grab this series by the throat is an extraordinary disappointment. And you're right, Zach. They may win the next two games, but you've got to be saying all the stuff that they had to go up against, Kawhi, and then last year Giannis gets hurt, this is their best chance they've had in the Giannis era, not just because of the teams, but because of the circumstances. And for them to let it go, and largely because of their own faults, this is going to be a tough one to get through uh, if they don't get two more wins here. The best story of the NBA playoffs has been Kevin Durant. And that was the best story tonight. I don't know uh, if Kevin Durant. Well, the best story was Chris Paul until tonight. I just think Kevin Durant recovering like this on this stage and doing this is, is the best story. Now, I don't know if Kevin Durant's the best player. Everyone wants to argue all the time. Who's the best player? Who's the best two-way player? Like last week, it was Kawhi. Kawhi's the best two-way player. He's running us. I, LeBron still looms out there, right, as as the, the maybe the greatest player ever. Durant, if he's not the best player right now, he's the finest player. He's He's – the most skilled at the most things of everybody playing basketball right now. I don't know if that includes LeBron, but like just just the beauty of his game, the beauty of his jump shot, the refinement, the cutting, like he's making plays as a cutter, the defense, the passing, the crossover dribble. He's the finest player playing basketball right now. It was just absolutely beautiful to watch. You're, You're turning. I will say this. The Nets have had so much ill will so much bad luck this season. It's crazy. And we don't even mention that Spencer Dinwiddie is out. I mean, that happened so long ago that now it's off the board. But Spencer getting hurt, Harden getting hurt, Kyrie getting hurt. But if you're looking for one shining light that's happened, it's that in this moment, their best player is healthy and ready to go. And 
you could wax poetic about all this and how Durant has come back from this injury and how he will embrace this in other ways and how this is going to be meaningful because unlike with the Warriors where he had all this firepower, he's got to do it himself. I mean, I could write a column like that and you're, you know, Steve, Stephen A and Max could go crazy on it. But boy, if you're going to have one of those three guys healthy and ready to go, that's the guy you want. And boy, was that what we saw in tonight's game. And I don't know. He obviously probably doesn't have another game like this. Um, and he made a joke after the game about his 49 points. He's like, well, it was, you know, I scored a lot of points because I played a lot, I played a lot of minutes. He he downplayed it. But um, uh, I don't know if he can do it like this. But the fact that they have him healthy, that is, you know, you have a chip in a chair when you got that. Point him in a name, bad KD. Uh, Brian Windhorst, thanks for thank. I'm sorry I dragged everyone out of bed. And you're not in bed. You're working, and Andrew Hans working producing this. We did. Um, we, did. we dragged uh, our producers who thought they had the yeah, night we, off. We, we badgered everybody to do it, but it was that kind of game. And we'll do this again during the finals, wherever we may be. Uh, thank you, Wendy. Thanks, Zach. Thank you to Andrew Hans who put this together in Jackson. You're a hero, Andrew.